Rabotai, breakfast and class this morning is sponsored by Shlomo Suisa in honor of Haron Shohet and also in loving memory of Nathan Marcus Alava Shalom, Yudishman Natan Ben Rachel, sponsored by the Marcus family. Azaku Baruch. What do you mean, Ve'ata? Ve'ata means you. How come it says you? There's one unique feature about this week's parasha that uh, does not appear in any single parasha in the Torah since said time, or since such time, that Moshe Rabbeinu was born. The only time it ever happened is this week's parasha. Fascinating. Why is Moshe's name uh, deleted from the parasha of Tesaveh? How come it's not there? Our Chachamim explained to us, that since Moshe said, erase me, so I want to talk a little bit about this idea. What does it mean? Moshe Rabbeinu said, Moshe Rabbeinu asked not to be in Tesaveh? Of course not. When HaKadosh Baruch Hu had the story of the Yegel, so the Jewish people, they sinned in such a terrible way, in such an inopportune moment, that Hashem said, step aside, right? I'm going to destroy them. Karaga. Also, a very interesting conversation between Moshe and Hashem. Maybe we'll discover it. We'll talk about it another time. Hashem says, I'm going to destroy them instantly. And how am I going to rebuild the Jewish people? The Jewish people are guaranteed. There's a promise they will exist and be connected with Hashem forever. I'll rebuild it through you, through Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe says, no. If you're going to forgive them, fine. If you could take it on board, fine. But if not, take it out of my account. Wipe me out. Delete my portion in Olam Haba. Erase me completely. From the book that you wrote. Now, there's a, a, an unbelievable uh, uh, line that we learn, uh, which sounds at first glance to be very, almost disingenuous on God's part. HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, the words of a tzaddik, kilalat tzaddik, afilu al even if they're on a condition, and even if the condition is not met, amit If a tzaddik gives a curse, even if he says, if this and this happens, then this should happen. Even if the thing doesn't happen. Where do we learn it from? The first instance we find this concept is by Yaakov Avinu. Yaakov Avinu says the one that the Terafim is by, Lavan, all of a sudden he wakes up. Not only is his family gone, what else is missing? All of his idols. Amazing, by the way, listen to this grandfather. What a rohi, what a sadiq, what a nice person. He runs after them. He don't care that his family ran away. He's like, what'd you do with my idols? Could you believe that? He catches up to them and he says, you had to go, fine, fine, I don't care that you went. But where are my idols? Yeah, of course, you think we took your idols? None of us worship idols. The one that has the idols by them will die. Who had the idols by him? Like the Pasuk says. And he did not know, Ki Rachel, that Rachel had stolen them. Al Chachamim explained to us that one of the reasons why Rachel passes away young is because of the curse of Yaakov Avinu. The inadvertent unintentional curse of a Sadiq. So too, they explain over here as well that Moshe Rabbeinu, when he said the words, it had to be that those words would find a kiyum, would find a, a reality in our physical world. Why? It sounds strange. God doesn't know the condition that he made. He doesn't understand the concept of a condition. God makes conditions all the time. If you follow, if you don't follow. God says a beracha, if you follow, kilala, if you don't. 
God knows very well how to make conditions. So he doesn't understand the clause in the words of the tzaddik. The answer is, Rabotai, that the words of a tzaddik, whether they are al-tanai or not, they are a reality. It's almost as if when the tzaddik says, and if the person does it, they shall die, the words, he, he executes the person on the spot. Why? Shomer pivul shono. When a person guards his mouth, shomer why? Because his prayers are heard because his mouth only says exactly the things that are emet. So that reality emanates from his mouth and resonates in the world. Rabotai, Moshe Rabbeinu says, Hashem says, there's no choice but to erase him from one sefer. The question is, why are we erasing Moshe Rabbeinu of all the parashiyot from this parasha? Why this one? Oh. So there's many different answers, but I want to give one. One answer is, of course, because Parashat Tetzaveh, the Gaon Mivil that says, always turns out around Moshe Rabbeinu's birthday. Moshe Rabbeinu was born, and he dies on the seventh day of Adar. Here we are, right? Seventh day of, uh, of uh, sorry? Zai, yeah, Zai, seventh day of Adar, right? And this is the day, and therefore, it always falls out. So therefore, you know, we're gonna, I always thought that that's the worst thing. There's a great joke. There's this guy, he takes his son into, what's it called, uh, to do a big birthday party. But they don't have room in the house. So they figure they're going to rent the nearest room. The nearest room is this uh, funny old pub, you know. And the guy walks into the pub and he thinks to himself, this is the only space close enough to the house that has room to make the birthday party. But he looks up on the walls. It's one of these type of pubs that all these hunters go to. So on the wall, they have like a big giant moose head. You know, sticking out, he figures Hazit, the kid, he's going to come in for his birthday party. He's going to be so afraid he's going to ruin the whole party. So he says, you know, I'll decorate the room. And he puts on the head of the, what's it called, of the moose, a, uh, a party hat. Kind of to make it look a little bit less threatening, a little bit, le- you know, more festive. Anyway, the kid walks into the room with his kids, bursts into uncontrollable crying. Father says, don't you like the birthday? He says, I do, I love the birthday, daddy. He goes, but look. Look at the moose. The moose is dead. They put his head on the wall. So his father says, I know, don't worry, sweetheart, but you know, it's, he lived a good life. You know, he, uh, he had a fun time running around in the fields. You know, and now they, they stuffed it, but they put it on the wall. But don't. And the kid says, that's not why I'm crying. She says, he points at the hat. He says, why'd they have to kill him on his birthday? You know, see what I mean? He thought the kid, the moose is giving shot, you know, with his party hat on. It's always bothered me, this answer of the Vilna Gaon. Right? This is the week of Moshe Rabbeinu was born. So that's the parasha you got to remove him from? That's the last one you should remove him from. So I always struggle with this idea. Of course, there's different understandings, but I want to share with you one other concept, which I thought was very beautiful. And that idea is that Moshe Rabbeinu was removed from this week's parasha for a very specific reason. This week's parasha deals with the bigadim, the clothing of the Kohen Gadol. Sounds like a very, and the Kohanim. It sounds like a strange thing, by the way, if you think about it. You have last week, yesterday, last week we talked about all the kelim of the Mishkan, everything that's in the Mishkan. And this week we're spending an entire parasha pretty much talking about how you dress up, we're playing dress up with the Kohanim. What's going on over here? So of course, there's tremendous sodo, tremendous understandings uh, within it. However, this is the one point I want to make. The begadim, the clothing of a person, they, don't, they are not the person themselves. They represent, if you will, an element of the person which is able to be shed. In our Torah, we understand this concept that the guf and neshama are put together. 
The goof is represented by the begadim. The begadim are something that will ultimately go away eventually. So therefore, maybe one way of rec- reconciling the idea of the on is that specifically in this week, when this, we talk about the begadim of a person versus the person himself, like we say, Moshe Rabbeinu is existent forever because his Torah is existent forever. The siftotav dovot bakever. So therefore we use this week's parasha. But I think there's also another idea as well. The numerical value of how many pesukim are in this week's parasha. Anyone familiar? A hundred and five. Hundred and one, you were going to say? I'm oh, sorry, a hundred and one. A hundred and one. Not hundred and five. A hundred and one. Why a hundred and one? Michael is the next standard idea. Michael is because it's the Gematria of Michael. But again, is that necessary? Does that have to do with this? I saw brought down something unbelievable. Although Moshe Rabbeinu was not in this week's parasha, that's the revealed Moshe, the name of Moshe, the Moshe that everyone used to talk about and point at in this world. But the hidden Moshe is in this week's parasha. The letter Mem is spelled Mem, sound it, Mem, not, not M, Mem. The way you spell the letter is Mem, Mem. That means that the hidden letter, the internal, the, uh, uh, the, the part of Moshe, the soul, if you will, the inner part of Moshe is Mem. So Mem, Mem. The second letter is Shin, is Shin Yud Nun. So we have 40. Plus Yud is 50. Plus another 50 is 100. Hey is Hey Aleph. Hey. Not Ha. Hey. So 101 are the hidden letters of Moshe Rabbeinu. In fact, this idea of Michael, Michael being the Koach, the angel that always defends the Jewish people, is synonymous with Moshe Rabbeinu. Specifically, according to the Meshech that we quoted many, many uh, parashiyot ago, that same seems a long time ago, where the Pasuk says, And the angel of God that was protecting the Jewish people traveled from in front of them by the ocean to the back of them to protect them from everything that was being thrown at them. Who's the guardian angel of the Jewish people? Michael. Says the Meshech No, not Michael. Who is it? Moshe Rabbeinu. Why? Hashem was saying, Moshe Rabbeinu, I know that you're going to run to the ocean. I don't want to see that you could do it. I want to see that the Jewish people could do it. Moshe Rabbeinu goes to the back. That means that Malach Elohim, the guardian angel of the Jewish people, is used interchangeably between Moshe Rabbeinu and Michael. Therefore, the Pasuk, the amount of Pasukim in this week's parasha, hints at this idea that although Moshe Rabbeinu is missing from its Pasukim, the inner dimension, if you will, of Moshe Rabbeinu is, is 100% there. Rabotai, just for us, I wanted to kind of uh, c- communicate one last idea of how this applies to us. Our names are not going in the parashiot. However, think about this idea of making an impact where your name does not appear. Number one, on the humility side of it. Trying to do something without a plaque on the wall. Trying to do something just for the right reasons. Because, but secondly, as well, there are times when we can influence people in a very direct and a frontal way. And there are times that we influence people in a very quiet way, in a way where we're standing back, in a way where our name, not just is not mentioned, but it's not even realized. You know when you can influence somebody's life and they don't, not only do they not know but nobody knows. It's just something that you set in motion. What a beautiful thing to be able to do to impact people's lives without having your name plastered all over it. Especially in scenarios where just the fact that they knew, that the kid knows, your child knows that it's you, or that your friend knows that it's you in and of itself will stop them from taking the help. Figure out a way to kind of do a backdoor. The Gemara says that if a person sees someone that's very poor, they come up with a great idea. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to steal his sheep. What are you going to steal his sheep for? Steal his sheep, then I'm going to slaughter his sheep. You're going to steal his sheep. Do you want to help the guy? The answer is yes. The Pasuk says if a person steals their neighbor's sheep and then eats it, how much do they have to pay? 
five times. So what a great way to give us a poor guy some money. You actually steal from him. It says the Pasuk, Lot Ignov, Gemaraz Doresh, Afilu Amenat Lemekat. Even if you want to bother the guy. Afilu Amenat Lishalem Tashlume Dalit Vehe. Even in order to pay four times and five times. Says the Minchat Chinuch. The reason why we said this is Asur is because if you do something like that, you steal, you become the type of person who's sneaky. You become the type of person who is a ganav. Even if you did the right, the wrong thing for the right reasons, you still did the wrong thing. You're training yourself to do the wrong thing. But you know what I learned out of this? Look at what the pasuk was expecting you to do to the point that it felt the need to come and tell you not to do it. Don't steal the sheep, kill the sheep, and then have to pay for You see how many games the Torah wanted you to think to do for a poor person. That's the idea of being able to influence without having your name on something. You know, no one's giving you thanks at the end of that day when you paid your five, when you paid your five times. They're looking at you, they're cursing you when you give the tzedakah. But still, that was something the Torah thought you might do. Let's figure out ways to be able to do that. Figure out ways to learn from Moshe even in a scenario where his, even, his name does not appear. Baruch Adonai Le'olam.